This is Body Talk, where we explore your inner universe. Hi, everybody. David Lasondak here. Welcome to Body Talk. It is so good to be back. I, I would say I've missed you guys, but um, I have, even though we don't interact in person. It's been a crazy hiatus. Uh, we got a great guest today. We have Mark Driscoll, president of the Fascia Research Society. But I got to tell you, May May was a little insane. Uh, May was the International Consortium on Manual Therapies Conference, which, while it was primarily over Friday and Saturday on two different weekends, extended throughout the month. Uh, I got COVID earlier in May, and I was not asymptomatic. Let's just leave it at that. I am fine now. And also, uh, big news, I haven't talked about this much yet, but the second edition of my book, Fascia, What It Is and Why It Matters, is coming out in September. It's not available for pre-order yet. There'll be information when it is. So I was actually doing several rounds of proofing throughout the month of May as well. And when June got here, it was just like fall backwards into the pool, splash. I'm just done for a while. You know what I mean? So that was a lot. And by the way, my publisher, uh, Handspring Publishing, got bought by another publisher in the middle of all this too. So that added another fun layer of complexity. Uh, the new publisher, in case you don't know, is Jessica Kingsley of the Singing Dragon imprint. They're keeping Handspring as an imprint. And I'm very, very excited about the potentials and the possibilities uh, working with Jessica Kingsley and all the great people there. So that was a lot. And uh, but we're back. Haven't gone away. I haven't gone away. And uh, I just wanted to let you know, uh, I want to say somewhere between 14 and 15 minutes into the pod today, uh, there is a noticeable drop off in audio. And that happened at the source. So I really boosted the volume at that point. It's consistent. It's even. But you'll find yourself having to turn the volume up at that point. You won't have to turn it back down, I assure you. And right now, let's get to the new episode of Body Talk. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Body Talk. Today, I am so pleased to have as my guest the president of the Fascia Research Society, Mark Driscoll. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me. Okay. So before we talk about the Congress that's coming up this September in Montreal, I actually wanted to explore your background a little bit, because you've kind of come to this uh, from a slightly less conventional place, in that your degree uh, and your academical scholarship was in mechanical engineering, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's a fair question. And you're far from the first, nor will you be the last ask me kind of, what am I doing within this, with this subgroup of researchers? And well, I, I can understand it. I can certainly understand it from a theoretical standpoint, but, but, you know, how you found us, I'm really wondering about that. I am a professional engineer by practice, and I, I actually worked as an engineer for probably six years before returning to academia. So I'm a very kind of stringent, <laughs> objective-minded uh, person, which is a, a fault 
and a quality, I guess, if you don't want things that you buy yeah, every or drive asset, across. Every asset can be a liability. It's all in <laughs> how you use it. Exactly, yeah. And then, so my, call it uh, graduate studies, was always in biomechanics, which has always interests me. And I actually did uh, health science studies with the, when I was younger, aspirations of being an MD, and then I uh, got discouraged by biology, which still discourages me, by the way. <laughs> and then, so I went to engineering, and then I kind of specialized in biomechanics. And within the realm of biomechanics, at least in spine, which is my field of expertise, I think the passive influence of fascial tissues and connective tissues as a whole are kind of under-researched. And that's one of the main veins within my laboratory that we explore. And of course, you know, I, I attended all fascia congresses and the first one in Boston as a student. Thereafter, I presented okay. at everyone. And as you know, in 2018, I was on the scientific committee and I'm pleased to be involved again in 2022. Was it when you were studying biomechanics that you became fascinated by connective tissue? Where, where did that first begin for you? How did that happen? While I was studying biomechanics in parallel, I was working with a rehab company as kind of a research consultant uh, with patients with cerebral palsy, which so heavy, mm -hmm. you know, musculoskeletal dysfunctions and yeah. restrictions rather. And it, you know, within the individuals I was working with, Lean and Bloom um, and other people, it quickly became evident the importance of this passive tissue. And that kind of stimulated this curiosity in me. And I started to rope it into my called more conventional academic research in regard to the spine. So that's what sidetracked me. So um, I didn't realize that you had a connection with Leonid. So he was working at this rehab company. Is that how that happened? Correct. Yeah. So is his company and even today, he, he still uh, runs mm -hmm. it. Funny story. So I applied for the position. And when I graduated as an engineer, fresh out of university, they were looking for a physical therapist, right, to work with. But the description really teased me. So I applied as an engineer, and then they called me for an interview. And the first question was like, what are you doing? You're an engineer. <laughs> and I replied, I said, well, what are you doing? You called me. And then we kind of kicked mm. it off. Uh, and I said, mm. Hey, you know, maybe I could help you with some research and so forth. So that's how that uh, relationship started. And I think, I think there's a great lesson for the listeners is sometimes if you're intrigued by something, but it feels a little maybe out of your lane or out of your comfort zone, there, there's no harm in knocking at the door and seeing if it opens. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, when I started working with him and also other groups, I quickly realized, you know, my undergraduate degree in engineering wasn't going to allow me to kind of be at the same stage and have conversations. So then that's also one of the reasons I went back to, to graduate school to specialize. Mm -hmm. So then we flash forward a dozen or so years and now you're the current president of the Fascia Research Society and you are, I imagine, uh, very intimately involved in trying to put together a delayed in-person conference at a time where the world is still trying to figure out how to do that again. What was that challenge like? As I know very well, yourself been involved in organi organizing events can appreciate kind of mm -hmm. the complexities involved. And you're, you're correct. It was delayed. The original plan was 2021 as these congresses are supposed to occur every three years, which we thought was a good timeline to allow for 
new subject matter to be really explored. And I think and three then, years is an excellent, excellent yeah. timeline. Yeah. It also gives a nice break to the. <laughs> yes. Cause it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I need a year off before I can think about the next one, yeah. you know? So 2021, of course, you know, we had, we had to call it fairly early as, as far as postponing it. And mm -hmm. that was a tough call, but I, I'm pleased we have as things are opening up, especially in Canada, um, the, the vaccine passport is, is no longer needed. Like many places who kind of had this COVID front head on, so to speak, are, are, are able to loosen things up nowadays. So it's, it's mm -hmm. looking very positive for, uh, for September. So yeah, delayed, tough choice, but excited, actually. I, I think this meeting, I think the, you know, you can have effective meetings online. My personal take is that I go to meetings to make personal contact, so to speak. And I find that oh, yeah. element, you're that humane element, very important. Uh, so I'm, I'm pleased we're having it in person. I am too. I am really looking forward to seeing all my friends and colleagues that I haven't seen for far too long. And as you know, as everybody will attest, it's the conversations that you have around the main events that sometimes get the juiciest. And I was just in Philadelphia for a big biomedical conference. And the panel that I was involved with was with uh, Helen Langevin and Antonio Stecco, among some other folks. And it was the conversation at the table after the formal presentation that was over that was the juiciest. Yeah, I think you, you had a podcast, right? Where you... uh, yeah, they they yeah the them and Lori Nemitz and and Rebecca Pratt, who I know you work with, um, and Neil Thies. We all got to sit down and talk about it. But what what you don't know, and what the listeners don't know yet, is I actually managed to record that conversation that happened between the formal talk and the formal podcast, and we're going to be airing that in a few weeks here once I get it appropriately edited got to be absolutely honest here. I'm front selling that one a little bit. But I'll tell you one, one cool thing about the conference, and it may not be needed by the time September rolls around, but I just thought I'd pass this on, is they had a red, yellow, and green sticker system. So you, on your badge, you could put red, yellow, or green. And red meant okay, I'm not comfortable with a lot of contact. So you can kind of wave to me and talk to me from a distance. Yellow was, okay, we can, we can fist bump, we can elbow touch, we can whatever. And green meant, bring it on. Let's hug, let's shake hands. Let's just, I'm fine with everything. And it really took the awkwardness out of getting together in person for the first time after a long time. So thanks for sharing. I think it's a great idea. Um, so two fronts, I, I do look forward to listening to that extended conversation you just spoke of when it becomes available. So mm -hmm. I'll keep an eye for that. The, uh, the colors, I'll, I'll bring that to the planning committee. I think, it's, I think it's a great idea. By nature, I don't know if you've been to Quebec, but it's a very jovial, I don't know if it's the right word, kind of culture. Mm -hmm. People are, you know, the typical way to greet someone is you kiss on both cheeks. And right. It's always very, very, very all... European that way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, so maybe I, it is needed. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt. I, I'm looking forward to going to Quebec. Tell us a little bit more about the conference uh, and the keynote speakers and what, besides the in-person uh, mixing it up stuff that we all love so much. What are what are some of the exciting things that we've got on tap? To build on your previous uh, statement, where a lot of the best conversations are had outside of the presentations, I think I completely agree with that. And 
just this morning we were chatting amongst the planning committee and I, i'm an outsider but i'm kind of <laughs> feeding my opinions i said you know we, we can't have a break no shorter than like it's got to be 30 minutes if not longer between transitions and you know it's we have to enable those opportunities to have those uh, offline conversations between the attendees so I'm, I'm hoping the way they've set it up appears very exciting mm -hmm. so it's, it's going to be a good one as far as keynote speakers go we have a really great uh, setup. Of course, we have the renowned Carla Stecco, who always delivers really one. She's a fantastic speaker, and I could yes, just, she, she could she could just talk about what she had for breakfast, and I would listen attentively. Um, <laughs> I often envy her children because I think, wow, she gets to read to them at night when they go to bed, and how wonderful that must be. Maybe it's the the phonetics of I guess the yeah Italian. no her, her, I just I just I I love I just love her voice. So I'm excited to hear all the keynotes. One I'm particularly mm -hmm. excited is Stuart McGill, who's done yeah. a lot of yeah he's done he's a lot. He's been retired. Of, he's been retired for a while, right? He has. It took a lot of polite arm twisting. I was um, surprised to see that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> He finally conceded and said, you know, you're, you're a good uh, salesperson. I don't know how you worded it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, I've, I've followed his work for quite some time, given I, I researched spine biomechanics as well. So this, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing him speak. And he's, he's also a great uh, public speaker too, which is important as far as content delivery. So I think they're going to be two really good ones uh, to look yeah at. i think it was 2014 i was in uh st louis might have been 2015 uh, with robert schleip and pj eau claire for it was this uh, conference for athletic trainers on the high school and collegiate level that was where Stu mcgill announced that he was retiring and it was like a big shock and we were all like <gasps> and then the really cool bit was he hung out to listen to robert schleip's presentation and afterwards came up and said, you know, if I wasn't retiring, I'd be doing what you're doing right now. And we all just felt so incredibly validated by that. So I'll be real curious to see where he's at. Correct. Yeah, I agree. We also have uh, Hélène Langevin, who's a well-known within the community. And uh, so she transitioned to the NIH, kindly accepted to come in and give a talk as well. So that uh, that'll be mm -hmm. another good one to because yeah, we've been working with her and Partap Kalsa, Bill Reed, and several people from the other people from the NIH on the ICMT conference. And you know, it's funny, I've been hearing this for a decade now, and they keep saying the same story is we've got money to put at research into manual therapies for good research designs that have a specific goal and a specific outcome they're gonna measure for. We're sitting on that money, we don't get the proposals. And it's fascinating to me that 10 years later, they're still saying the same thing. Writing grant proposals are very challenging. It could be a deterrent just to, to do so. And I, I think the only ones with the time to be frank are mm -hmm. researchers because that's essentially your mandate right mm -hmm. I, I think we're seeing a trend where more researchers are venturing into this called interdisciplinary or however you want to phrase this realm of research but I, i'm i mean you say it, it's been 10 years i'm i'm hopeful <laughs> we're starting to see the the tides change and hopefully more applicants and, and research in this field. Mm -hmm. One of the venues I, I hope will encourage such applications are 
things like the Fascia Research Society and the Congress that we put on, as well as other congresses that touch upon the subject. Yeah, absolutely. And in one of the one of the takeaways that we had from the NIH just this past week at our conference was that they're really seeing the real push forward in the manual therapies is probably going to need to and have to happen more on an interdisciplinary level, which I think is fantastic. I completely agree. In in Canada, our funding bodies are, are trending towards interdisciplinary fields, and they're they're enticing and inviting us to to submit applic- applications that uh, are in this field. They've also started making calls for funds in what they call high risk, high reward areas. So, what would an example of that be? An example would be you have this crazy idea that you've shelved for years that you're too afraid to draft, like put in the okay. time there. A little too out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it's allowing, you know, researchers to explore those things they would never dare suggest before. And I'm in the process of, of submitting one of those grants with uh, Robert and Carla as uh, co-researchers. So hopefully that'll, that'll catch on. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'd say one person, and I'm hoping for maybe, if, if not an outright spoiler, a couple of teasers here. Uh, one of the people I'm really excited to see is Peter Friedel, yes. because he like made the hugest splash in Berlin, and I didn't get my name on the list in time, so I saw none of that presentation, and it's all anybody could talk about, and I had serious FOMO uh, after that happened. So what uh, can you give us a little peek at what he's going to be focusing on? I did not get the teaser as far as what he's going to be speaking of. I'm assuming it'll be as equally uh, high level uh, as mm-hmm. what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. There is going to be soon a release by the Fascia Research Society who has asked each keynote to make a one to two minute teaser for tease, but specifically, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I wish okay. I could provide the teaser, but it, it's Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I that's been the thing that's gotten me the most. It's like, to me, that's... That's worth the price of admission right there. Okay, so we've talked about a few of the keynote speakers, but who are the others? So in addition to those discussed, we have Thomas Roberts, who I'm also particularly interested in his talk. I don't know that name. Yeah, he does a lot of research about muscle mechanical function and and its involvement in movement uh, in passive elastic structures. Mm -hmm. Something that I've done, so I researched spine biomechanics and, you know, notably looking into thoracolumbar fascia, its involvement in spine stability, but I've also done some studies as far as pressurization. So whether it be the intra-abdominal cavity, but also muscle pressurization and in on itself, its role in stability and biomechanics. And a lot of the work that uh, inspired some of my own research and publications came from Dr. Roberts. So it's, I'm actually very excited to see Mm -hmm. his talk. We have Yuval Rikovich also, who's giving a talk. We have Maribel Miguel Perez as a keynote. And then the last one, um, so myself as well, I'm giving the, what's called, I guess, the presidential uh, address, which is keynote, but I'll get to talk about my own research, which all academics love. What sort of breakout or parallel sessions are planned at this point? We have, so that was a, a tough choice. We've identified the sub, same subcategories that were used in Berlin. So we have things like biomechanics, anatomy, uh, clinical application, 
new hypotheses, which is always an interesting one, somewhat fashion philosophy, which is uh, also quite popular. So the same style of subcategories that have been uh, used in Berlin and other conferences because, because they work. So I understand the format for the parallel sessions is going to be a little different this time. Correct. Or and what we've asked are the chairs of the parallel sessions who would be someone from the scientific committee who's helped curate the content and review all the abstracts submitted, which was a record number, um, by the way. So we're pleased about that. Congratulations. Thank you. So each parallel session will have its own expert chair. And mm -hmm. we've asked the chair to open the session by giving a presentation of their own. So that individual would give typically a 10 to 15 minute talk about their own research to kind of tee up the content, so mm -hmm. to speak. And it also allows members from the audience to uh, one benefit from, you know, someone particular expert in that domain and see what kind of research they've delivered over the last three years, but also just to get to know the chair and, you know, not be shy about approaching them after and, and so forth. So we, we think this, this format will encourage those offline conversations that are all important. So somebody who is wanting to come, but sitting on the fence for whatever reason that might be, what would you say to them? Compared to prior events, uh, unfortunately, we're not committing to the, the filming mm -hmm. of the Congress. So it's not going to be available thereafter. The reason we're not doing that are the high associated costs. It, it's also not going to be a, a dual event. We, we really want to encourage the in-person presence. Right? So mm -hmm. if you're on the fence, you're going to unfortunately miss those in-person interactions the other thing that you know people might not be aware is that when you do pay a registration fee for this conference so it's the main vein so to speak for the fascia research society and recently we had a meeting in montreal with the board members of the fascia research society which i preside as you said and we have a you know a great team of really dedicated board members and we identified our strategic plan and it's available on the fascia research society webpage so if you're someone whether you work in the field whether you employer just curious to the new findings within this field to support your practice for example i think you can also view it as as a donation towards those publicly released strategic goals that we're, we're trying to achieve the phrase that comes to mind is king and country. Uh, scientific patriotism? I don't know. Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> Altruistic, scientific. I don't know. I wish these, these events could be given for free. but like, It's you know, not realistic. It's not realistic. It, it's not. And there is, we have to you know, commit to the reservation and, and so forth. So we, we tried to price it in an appealing range. And, and the other thing, building on what I said previously, is, you know, view it as a, a donation. I mean, it's a nonprofit, the Fascia Research Society. All proceeds go to mm -hmm. allowing us to make, you know, commitments to organize the next event because it takes, you got to put. That's always the goal. Hope that you break even at least, and if not, have enough to get the next one off the ground. Excellent. Excellent. Mark, thanks for dropping by and spending some time with me this afternoon and for all the listeners out there on Body Talk. My pleasure, David. Thank you. You're welcome. And we'll have complete links in the show notes to go and register. Mark and I both hope to see you there in person this September at the 6th International Fascia Research Congress. This is David Lasondag for Body Talk. See you next time. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Body Talk. Remember to support the show at patreon.com backslash body talk radio. Want to get in touch? Find me on social media or email me at bodytalkdavid at gmail.com. Remember to leave reviews wherever fine podcasts are found. And as always, the music you hear on the show is by David and the Disasters. See you next time on Body Talk. Thank you.